0: Welcome to False Flag Weekly News, an essential business that provides truth on a weekly basis. You know, uh, truth is an essential commodity, and businesses that provide it are essential businesses. In fact, a recent double-blind controlled study at Johns Hopkins found out that people who are deprived of truth for as little as 72 hours can suffer from a whole host of ill effects, including depression, stupidity, and ovine spongiform encephalopathy otherwise known as dumb sheep disease. It's kind of like mad cow disease, except with dumb sheep disease, your brain gets eaten even faster. So don't let this happen to you or your loved ones. Support the essential business that delivers truth to your doorstep every Saturday, spiced with just enough humor to make it palatable. That would be false flag weekly news. Please donate to our fundraiser. Keep the essential businesses in business and keep us questioning everything. Okay, let's look at our slide featuring the inestimably brilliant uh, guest host this week, E. Michael Jones, who's a specialist in disturbing people. So if you're easily disturbed, please say you should change the channel. Hey, welcome, uh, Mike. How are you?
1: Thank you, Kevin. Good to be here again.
0: Okay, good to have you back. Well, Let's look at our theme slide for today. Uh, okay. We've warned them enough. Come on. Let's, (laughs) and here's the mental health. I mean, medical health disclaimer, if you suffer from a fragile ego and you are invested in what the CDC, FDA, WHO, or Tony Fauci says, and anybody saying anything else will utterly uh, destroy your mental health. I mean, medical health or whatever, please change the channel. Otherwise stick with us. Okay. We've, we've disclaimed. So hey, Mike, uh, what do you think about this? Uh, the the essential churches have been shuttered and have lost a lot of business. Um, so you know, I, I I really wonder sometimes if if uh, you know COVID isn't some kind of uh, satanic plot. But I don't know. Here here you are. Uh, here's a picture of you playing your mandolin, not a ukulele, in in Tehran. Uh, And where we went and talked with folks from a society that knows that religion takes center place in the public square. Uh, When are we going to get back to Iran, do you think?
1: That's a good question. Uh, The big news, I think, is that uh, Mr. Ahmadinejad is trying to make a comeback right now. Unfortunately, his candidacy was uh, denied by the Supreme Council. But uh, it may be that uh, there's uh, something else brewing. So I'm hoping we can get back there soon because those conferences were really uh, crucial meeting places for people from all over the world
0: who had the
1: the freedom to speak their mind about what was going on with government support uh, in a way that just didn't exist any place else in the world.
0: That's right. I even got to meet a really cool guy named E. Michael Jones over there in Tehran uh, for the yes. first time. And uh, Nader Talebzadeh, who hosts these meetings with the New Horizon Group, which is, he's now totally, uh, whether what they call it, he's he's uh, sanctioned by Treasury, uh, the Zionist-occupied U.S. Treasury Department. So even mentioning his name could easily get us uh, thrown in Guantanamo. Anyway, he's going to be on my radio show next week, talking about how he uh, has served as an advisor to Dr. Ahmadinejad, and uh, he'll be talking about the Iranian election, so that might be really interesting. You know, maybe we're yeah. any uh, alternative views I, of Iran.
1: That's right. That's an important. We're at an important moment right here, uh, throughout the world, and uh, I'm I'm really eager to hear what uh, Nader has to say.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, he's he's a very a very sharp guy, a great film director. Okay, so let's get into our censored subjects here uh, now. This part of the broadcast, folks, is not going out on YouTube because we're going to report some news items that. As, as I say in my headline, YouTube will annihilate my channel if I even mention this. So if we even mention the fact that the renowned Nobel laureate virologist, Luc Montagnier, agrees with Gert Vandenbarge that vaccines are making COVID worse, simply reporting the fact that this illustrious Nobel Prize winner and an expert virologist said this, will get us nuked, and my entire 10,000 hours or more of YouTube material will all go down the drain forever. Um, so that's the world we're living in today. Mike, what, what do you think about, A, the story, and B, the fact that you can't mention it on YouTube without having your channel nuked?
1: I think that, that that's a sign that they're losing the battle for the world's mind when they have to imply this t- apply this type of heavy-handed censorship uh, where uh, you're in a situation where, first of all, who is doing the censoring it, uh, at YouTube? Uh, is it some guy uh, working? Some uh, guy working for fifteen dollars an hour? Not no, that no, no, it's a, a, it's a guy.
0: Who's a, it's a guy who won. It's a, it's a vi- virologist PhD who's won at least two or three Nobel prizes.
1: No, no, that's that's Luke Montaigne. Okay, <laughs> but there's a guy at YouTube who's censoring him, and we don't even know who he is. We don't know what his credentials are, and he probably did not win two Nobel Prizes. I think that's pretty clear. So when they have to do, uh, what's at stake here? What's at stake is the status of science as the arbiter of ultimate reality. They've destroyed that. The COVID pandemic has destroyed that paradigm, which is the main pillar of the Enlightenment. So that era of history is now over.
0: It looks that way. So let's get to the content of what Luke Montagnier says. And that's, of course, what they really don't want you to hear, which is just like Vandenbosch, he's, he's saying that if you do a mass vaccination during a pandemic, you're tending to exert selective pressure on the virus to mutate and breed nastier variants. Now, I don't know if that's true. But Luc Montagnier has a better opinion than mine. In fact, he has one of those opinions that people should be allowed to hear, but YouTube won't let you hear it. I don't know what, Micah, do you you have any sense of whether this apparent minority opinion among experts might be valid?
1: Well, I defer to Dr. Montagnier. He has the credentials. Why shouldn't I defer to him in this regard? So if that's the case, then we're faced with a, a choice here. Was this intended? Was this intentional? or was it simply uh, collateral damage? Uh, that's that's the big question right now. Was this uh, an, uh, was the infliction of harm intentional? or was it simply a byproduct of rushing to make a lot of money? They're probably not mutually exclusive, but someone's going to have to eventually dig into this uh, story And if it was found to be intentional, then we have to have criminal proceedings here. We're going to have to have the version, uh, a new version of the Nuremberg trials because it's exactly a repeat of what happened in Nazi Germany. Instead of Dr. Mengele experimenting on people without their consent, we have Bill Gates and Tony Fauci and that whole establishment of big pharma, and they're going to have to go before some type of tribunal and defend what they did.
0: Well, if indeed it's true that the uh, vaccination during the pandemic will breed worse variants and that will keep the pandemic going, one would have to wonder whether that might not be the plan all along because they, they want you to have to get booster shots twice a year. They're making all kinds of money on it. Right. And then who knows what other all, all agendas might be in play. Uh, so anyway, people who are interested in, in looking beneath the surface of the mainstream propaganda on this issue should not only be paying attention to these uh, experts who are putting out non-WHO approved opinions, but also they should check out this book by Cynthia McKinney uh, that came out uh, last year, When China Sneezes, which is a very good book. Uh, It should have been titled When DARPA Sneezes, Um, but especially now that the Blame China limited hangout is in full swing, we'll get to that in a moment. Anyway, I interviewed Cynthia on my show and this book features uh, a lot of good material from some of the key folks who've been on my radio show um, as a super spreading COVID truth or at least uh COVID questioning of the mainstream propaganda,
1: yeah. Well, Cynthia uh, is a courageous person, and in order to have anything to say, you have to be courageous at this moment in history because you have to stand up to the most powerful forces on earth. And Cynthia found that out when she got elected to uh, as a representative in Washington, and she walked into her office and the, f- the fax machine they had fax machines, then it starts churning out the IPAC statement, which she had to sign. She had to sign this before she had even been sworn into office. She a had loyalty to
0: dec- oath to Israel She a U.S. To dec- congressman.
1: That's right. She had to dec- Before she signed in, she had to sign a loyalty oath to Israel, and she refused to sign it, and that led to her demise as a, a, a congressman because the Congress is completely controlled by the Israel lobby. This is the fundamental fact of American political life, and we have to face up to it, and we have to talk about it. The fundamental conflict right now is between uh, the pro-Israel political forces and the anti-Israel political forces, and that's only going to get greater in light of things like what happened in Gaza. Just a uh, week ago.
0: And we'll talk about that in a moment when we get to that rubric. But sticking with our uh, massively censored uh, YouTube safe uh, or YouTube unsafe, I should say, COVID rubric, another really courageous woman who comes on my show periodically and did last night is Dr. Meryl Ness. And she was on with Edward Curtin, who's a fantastic dissident writer. Everybody needs to read his stuff. Anyway, Meryl says that the COVID treatments, uh, such as ivermectin, and hydroxychloroquine have been deliberately suppressed. These are effective, ivermectin is 80% effective according to a, a long list of studies. Uh, there's a website where you can go and look at all of the studies that have been done on these things. So she thinks that the uh, somebody wanted to keep this pandemic going and uh, that banned these treatments in order to do so. Uh, and she even suspects like Mike Eden, another expert does, that the mass vaccination campaign is so bizarrely inappropriate that you have to wonder what they're really up to. And she doesn't even put it past them to be sneaking something into those those vaccines that they're not telling us about. So this is the kind of information, as I told her, that'll get your new YouTube channel nuked, uh, your social media uh, deplatformed. But I, she's a, a world-class expert on biowarfare, a medical doctor who's prescribed this stuff and does prescribe this stuff to her patients, has gotten pushback, another uh, person who has a good knowledge base. And if we're not allowed to hear these voices and there's only one side of the debate that's allowed, has a real red flag.
1: It's also a political opportunity. Somewhere out there, there is a man who is going to recognize this as a political opportunity.
0: Well, hey, look at the next slide. Rick DeSantis, Ron DeSantis of Florida, who's uh, just signed a bill that will essentially uh, stop uh, the big tech companies from deplatforming at least candidates for office and will give ordinary folks like us the right to sue if they deplatform us. And guess what? Big tech says that he's violating the Constitution because as we all know, the Constitution guarantees that the billionaire oligarchs who run the town square get to decide who says what and who gets muzzled. That's right there in the First Amendment, right, Mike?
1: That's right. That's right. And that, actually, it was Ron DeSantis who I was just going to mention as the prime candidate of a politician who understands the political situation and has the courage to capitalize on a unique moment in human history. Okay. So that uh, the deplatforming de- de- uh, issue was the issue right before COVID. That was the cutting edge of history right before COVID. Then it was COVID. And now we're going to see, uh, can we move on to COVID? Can we have prosecution, criminal prosecution? Can we at least have these people testify under oath about what they were doing? That would be a step in the right direction. Now, the only problem with Ron DeSantis is the fact that he also passed a law making it illegal to criticize Israel on state campuses. And this brings us once again back to the fundamental divide in American politics that no one is willing to talk about. So even the states that are willing to stand up on certain issues, and I'm talking about Texas and Florida, are involved in this Israel lobby uh, complicity that is going to make, uh, uh, it it will doom their campaign uh, to failure if they don't address it. And the primary proof of that is Donald Trump.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, Trump was basically selected by Israel in the summer of 2016. They told him, "You can't possibly win without our help," and so he made a deal that he couldn't refuse. And the rest is history. And it didn't work out so well for him. Maybe the next Trump will be smart enough not to make that deal with the devil.
1: That's right. That's right. And and we it go it goes across the board. We just did, I just did an article. It just appeared on Un's review about GAB. The whole attack on GAB. So what, what does uh, the attack begins with Mother Jones, a left wing magazine, and then uh, suddenly the governor of Texas jumps in and bans Gab from Texas after he was uh, 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 saying that come to us and no and can de-platform you in Texas. How, what do they have in common? What does Mother Jones, the left wing magazine, have in common with the conservative Republican governor of the conservative state of Texas? The answer is the Israel lobby. We decided there was a, uh, uh, an Israeli flag behind him. This is the unacknowledged fault line of American politics, and we have to be able to talk about it. Otherwise, all these initiatives are going to fail, as they failed, as America first failed under Donald Trump.
0: Absolutely. Well, well, let's hurry up. Let's get the rest of these these vaccine-related stories and, and uh, uh, YouTube toxic COVID stories off our chest before we move in to the YouTube safe section of the program, uh so this article is a typical salon.com propaganda article uh just over the top in its complete lack of balance and objectivity uh blasting the so-called anti-vaxxers and doing everything it can to trumpet the vaccine propaganda it begins myths around infertility pregnancy and miscarriages have run rampant in anti-vaccine circles for years and in the universe of their conspiracy theories vaccines are often to blame and then it goes on to say that this is all extremely misogynistic because uh these horrible anti-vaxxers are spreading these myths about women's bodies that are apparently somehow linked to the patriarchy so it's all very woke and very insane
1: well the uh bill gates has been banned from kenya because the vaccines he used there before the COVID pandemic led to the sterilization of women in Kenya. It was a fake campaign. Uh, It was a population control campaign that was the continuation of the African AIDS campaign, which was a continuation of the failed population control campaigns of the 1970s. So there's a clear trajectory here and uh, it's not myths, it's realities that we're talking about here.
0: Okay, well one more scientific story about COVID and we're including this in the YouTube toxic section because I just don't know what the CDC has said about this. I didn't do my research on that. So for all I know, the CDC might not agree with these recent scientific studies, and if they don't, then our YouTube channel could get nuked. So anyway, here's here's the story. This is a mainstream story from SciTech Daily and it's reporting two mainstream studies, I think University of Colorado Boulder and somewhere else. And they're saying that uh, 2% of the people with COVID carry 90% of the virus, the super spreaders. It turns out that some people get these huge viral loads, according to these studies, which may or may not be true. I don't know. But according to the studies, uh, these pe- a few people get these huge viral loads and they don't have any symptoms and they don't even know they're sick. And those people are the ones responsible for spreading almost all of COVID. So if we could just identify them and track them and surveil them with drones and then bring a killer drone and down, oh, no, we don't want to go that far. But seriously, folks, the super spreader story, you know, blaming the evil super spreaders, they've been blaming me as a super spreader of COVID conspiracy theories, seems like there's a scapegoating thing here where they've got to, you know, scapegoat the super spreaders. Mike uh are, are we super spreaders uh <laughs>
1: actually this this sounds like an anti-semitic meme this sounds like they're 2% two, two just two, like, what's yeah, the 2% yeah. who is that 2% it sounds like oh, uh, strikers talking about the jews as the 2% who are contaminating all of german uh, culture at this point i think that's where they got i think that's where they got the idea we that's, have that's to, the, the the problem the problem with uh, the demonization that's going on is it's a large number of people We're seeing this with anti-Semitism. When when Sean Hannity gets being accused of being an anti-Semite, you know you're in trouble because when everybody who voted for Donald Trump is somehow suspect, it's not going to work. You have to limit it to a small group of people because then it looks simple to eradicate. Simply eradicate that small group of people and then everything is fine. That's the problem with COVID. And they've, they've created an even greater problem by saying now that if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Well, the people who were, were anti-vax were not wearing masks to begin with. And so, so now you can't tell anymore. You lost the power of your symbol because it, the category got too big to demonize.
0: That's right. And they're censoring way too much too. Uh, this next story shows how Project Veritas has gotten these internal Facebook memos showing that Facebook is now openly admitting in their internal memos anyway, that they will take down accurate information. They will take down facts, uh, not because the facts aren't true. No, even absolutely scientifically validated true facts will be taken down if they don't support the narrative. Um, for instance, their's data is censored because it suggests, quote unquote, extreme risk without providing context. And of course, that there's data, which is people sort of self-reporting and so on, uh, unvetted reports of uh, bad effects from vaccines, including deaths. And so far, I think there have been about 3,000 reports of deaths from these COVID vaccines. That data cannot any longer be reported on social media. And so this is the last story that we're reporting here on, on COVID issues. These stories are all way too hot for YouTube. Um, and and it's ironic that the final story in this, this list of, of too hot for YouTube stories is a story about big tech censoring anybody who presents even true facts that don't support their narrative. Uh, so I, I think they're undermining their own credibility in ways that you've been talking about, Mike.
1: Yeah, they're overplaying their hand. You're yeah. way overplaying your hand and you're you're asking for a reaction. You're just begging for some type of reaction. Someone's got to take this up. No one should have this power. No one in this country should have that power. The only candidate before this period was government. And we had all sorts of safeguards put into the Bill of Rights to protect us against government. But now government is completely po- powerless to stop the oligarchs. This, is, this shows you the bankruptcy of conservatism. Conservatism is a totally meaningless, obsolete ideology because all it can talk about is big government and it can't talk about how government should protect us from big tech or big pharma or any of the other oligarchic institutions.
0: Absolutely right. Well, now let's move on to our um, YouTube Safe section of the program. So even as I speak, uh, our producer, Alan in his uh, highly advanced uh, technical control room, which looks like something that NASA would use for exploring the uh, outer reaches of Pluto or Venus, or whatever, uh, Alan is now pushing a little red button. And hopefully it's not the ejection seat button or the nuclear strike button, but it's the start the YouTube uh, video button. And so when he pushes that button, which he may already have for all I know, we will suddenly be broadcasting live on YouTube, which means that we're not allowed I mean, yeah, yeah, we're not allowed to talk anymore about these certain kinds of COVID issues, such as true facts that the oligarchs don't agree with, and statements by experts that apparently are in conflict with the belief system of the uh, CDC, WHO, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, we're we're not going to say anything like that anymore on this show. However, big tech has, during the just the past two weeks, massively reversed itself and said that from now on, we are allowed to talk about the fact that there's a really strong case that COVID was made in a lab. So uh, if the oligarchs let us talk about it, hey, let's talk about it. Mike, what do you think?
1: Uh, I I think that this, first of all, the story came out at the very beginning, I wrote it up in the article in Culture Wars Magazine, which is about 15 months ago, February of 2020. The whole story of the Chinese lab is obvious. It was complemented by the fact that uh, a Harvard professor had just been arrested for collaborating with the Chinese. That Harvard professor... Uh, had been invented the wire that you use to splice genes, and one of one of the Harvard students. It turns out he's not a student; he's a member of the Chinese military, and he was uh, boarding a plane at Logan Airport with socks full of vials of biological material. Where is that story gone? Has this guy gone to trial? It disappeared. Okay but the point here is that now this story is coming back because it is the only story that's in the interest of the United States intelligence establishment. Okay. So it had to come back. Uh, Trump did it and anything that Trump did was bad, but now we have to realize, no, this is a good story because it allows us to shift blame to the Chinese, blame the Chinese for it. Well, that's not the story. The story is that Anthony Fauci funded these studies at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And so he should be called into account, along with all the other fifth columnists who are working with the Chinese Communist Party, to develop these weapons. I, I met in person a lady who was working out of Fort Detrick in Maryland. And she told me, oh, I'm a professor. Well, what's your, oh, yeah, Fort Detrick is biological warfare. Well, she was embarrassed that an American knew that, okay? So anyway, the conversation shifts. Well, where are you going? I'm going to Uganda uh, tomorrow. Well, what are you going to do in Uganda? Well, I'm going to collect ticks from cows ears. Well, what are you going to do with them? Well, we're just going, well, wait a minute. This is biological warfare. You're going to fly back on a commercial flight with infected ticks from Uganda. And we're not supposed to be upset about this. Oh, it would never, this would never escape. We have protocols that make sure that this would never escape. Uh, uh, oh, but, but by the way, actually something did happen uh, last week at Fort Detrick. And we did have an emergency because the intern didn't know how to use the machine, to blah, blah, blah. So this was a, This was waiting to happen. We shouldn't be doing, we shouldn't be doing funding research at, at Fort Detrick and then pretending that the Chinese are doing it all by themselves. This is hypocrisy.
0: So if you're ever flying back from Uganda, sitting next to a bio-warrior and you start feeling an itch on your <laughs> neck and you pull a tick off, you know, you, you better, uh, better go down to, to visit the doctor quickly. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can't make me well, well, Mike, I, I would double down and triple down on what you're saying and point out that in light of Ron Unz's work and other people that have been on my radio show, Jeff Brown and so on and so forth, about all of the uh, very powerful circumstantial evidence that covid was uh, deliberately unleashed in a neocon bioattack on china and iran and maybe blew back and of course maybe the blowback was intentional at some level in light of all that evidence this whole blame china thing is just a limited hangout and indeed you know look at this headline how the wuhan lab leak theory suddenly became credible if you actually read the timeline there's really nothing that makes it any more credible. We already knew everything uh, on that timeline. We knew the actual information more than a year ago. So the timeline doesn't explain why it became credible. So why did it suddenly become credible? Well, because the billionaire oligarchs who own and run the mighty Wurlitzer propaganda organ had a meeting in a smoke-filled room and decided to opt for a limited hangout. And so that is why it suddenly became credible. That is why we have always been at war with Oceania, even though we were at war with Eurasia last night. So this, this is, just goes to show the uh, pathetic level of free speech in America and the fact that Ron Unz's work, which is so powerful and convincing, uh, totally indicting the uh, well presumably Pompeo, Bolton and a group of neocon bio warriors in uh, a screwed up bio attack on China and Iran is hardly even discussed, really goes to show that our media is just completely controlled.
1: We need government intervention here. We need a congressional investigation into this. And then we need an attorney general who will hand down indictments as a result of that. this The magnitude of this evil demands some type of uh, justice before uh, the legal system.
0: Absolutely. Well, look at our next story. The good news is that Josh Hawley and his friends have passed this bill to declassify COVID origins uh, intel. The, but the bad news is that if the specific language orders the director of ODNI to declassify, quote, any and all information relating to potential links between the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the origin of the coronavirus disease, well, guess what? There probably isn't much. Uh, probably the covid was unleashed by a couple of covert operatives who were inserted into the US military uh, sports games team that played at the US mil- at the military olympics in Wuhan in october the exact moment when the very first cases uh, began uh, so this blame china so called de- declassification thing is just another limited hangup
1: yes that's why we need to is it possible Do we have a government? This is the question. Do we have a government that can act independently of all of the oligarchic actors behind the scene who pay for the election of these candidates? That is the big crisis. This is the crisis of the Enlightenment, okay? The only achievement, as far as I can tell, a lasting achievement of the Enlightenment is representative government. And that was the foundation of the United States of America. So someone is going to have to explain to us, do we have representative government or not? Or are all you folks there in Washington simply pro-consuls for the oligarchs, for big money one way or the other? Are you all bought off? Are you all whores of one lobby or the other? That sounds like
0: a rhetorical question, Mike.
1: It is. It is. (laughs) I'm waxing very rhetorical at this
0: point. Okay. So so moving on to more limited hangout news, Uh, Biden- is now announcing that the intelligence community is torn between two likely scenarios one oh it just happened to jump into humans from animals even though all of the evidence shows that didn't happen and then the other so-called likely scenario according to biden is it came from the wuhan institute of virology so we're gonna have to sue china for trillions of reparations those are the only two possibilities according to biden the third and vastly more likely possibility that neocons like Pompeo and Bolton uh, sent it as a bio-attack against China's economy, which is the biggest threat to U.S. domination of the world that's ever existed, and against Iran, which the neocons hate, that very strong, if not overwhelmingly probable possibility is not even mentioned. This is a textbook case of what we call, when we're teaching critical thinking, a false dichotomy, right? It's like, you're either with us or you're with the terrorists. There's yeah. no other choice, right? Yes. Wait <laughs> a minute. Maybe I'm not with you and I'm not with a terrorist. And besides, you are the terrorist. so that's only one choice. No, this is a false dichotomy. There are other obvious possibilities, but we're being hammered into believing that there are only these two possibilities. Oh man, it's it's makes me want to teach critical thinking to the whole country.
1: Yes, but I mean that's part of the American system. You you have a choice here. You can choose a Democrat or you can a Republican, or you can choose coke or you can choose pepsi or you can choose (laughs) ford or you can choose chevy general motors it's it's, that's why that's what freedom is it's choosing one of the alternatives that the oligarchs presents to you
0: pretty much so yep so china of course is is threatening to push back here uh before long china is going to be helping spread the ron unza's brilliant work on this issue uh but so far they're they're only firing their smaller guns And uh, pointing out that what we want, China says, is a thorough worldwide investigation into secretive bases and biological laboratories all over the world, including the vast number of U.S. level four laboratories surrounding Russia and China. So that's the investigation that China wants. Um, I hope I hope we get that.
1: Well, it's not likely. Because I think that there is a, a convergence of oligarchic interests between the Communist Party in China and and uh, the United States. Uh, it was basically the United States that created uh, China as the manufacturing powerhouse that it is today, and uh, the, I just don't see. I don't see anything. I don't see an honest investigation coming out of here. I don't see any independence on the part of China when it comes to this. I see self-interest. Maybe that would take us far, but I mean, I don't see, I don't see it happening.
0: Yeah, the only place where you could get a real COVID investigation would be in Iran, and you know we tried to get a real 9/11 investigation going in Tehran and couldn't quite get that. If, maybe if Ahmadinejad somehow comes back to power, uh, but I, I don't think any of that's happening uh, in the foreseeable future. But of course, God works in wondrous ways. So
1: uh, who
0: knows? Anyway, You
1: you need a charismatic figure, a man of integrity, a man who understands the motions of human history and is willing to make sacrifice to get it. You don't need a time server, someone who's looking for a cushy position after he leaves office. That is the fundamental problem right now with representative democracy.
0: Yeah, and the, and when the courageous people come along, like Cynthia McKinney, they tend to face huge obstacles, and they tend to be ejected from office often by APAC and their friends. Well,
1: why of- was why was a job rejected? Why did the revolutionary or the Council of Guardians why did they turn him down? What's going That's- on here?
0: Well, just stay tuned, and I'll be talking with Nader uh, Nader Talabzada, the advisor to Dr. Ahmadinejad, and maybe we'll get some answers to that. It should be that show should be recorded uh, by early next week. So, moving on to occupied Palestine. Uh, here's the Sakers article: Hamas defeats Israel, pointing out that. Zionists are constantly trumpeting their supposed successes in the Western media that they own. Uh, But if you peel back the propaganda and and look underneath, what you find is that half, fewer than half of Hamas's missiles were actually intercepted. And so the Zionists, unable to stop these missiles from scaring people, they killed very few Israelis, but they did force them to hide in their basements as the sirens went off. Uh, The Zionists then turned their uh, their frustration on the civilian infrastructure and the civilians of Gaza and murdered hundreds of them. Um, but that's not a military victory. Israel said it was going to stop the rockets militarily. It couldn't. Once again, just like with uh, in Lebanon in 2006, uh, they can't stop those rockets. And if they can't stop Hamas's pretty basic rockets, what, what are the chances they have of stopping the huge number of vastly superior rockets possessed by Hezbollah and even larger number possessed by Iran. So Israel no longer has that exclusive deterrent capability with its nuclear weapons. They can, yeah, they can level the, the region. They can level a lot of the world, but they, they will be leveled in turn. So it's it's a whole new power equation there.
1: Yeah, I think, that's, I, I think that the pa- balance of power shifted in 2006 when the israelis invaded lebanon and they were stopped dead in their tracks 500 yards into lebanon by hezbollah uh, because hezbollah had the rockets that now made the tank obsolete as a, an offensive weapon so the big que- as as uh, the saker said the big question here was uh it what would happen let's say if hezbollah got involved and started firing rockets in what do they have do they have 100,000 missiles do they have 250,000 missiles if, you, if the, the statistics are right and they can, Iron Dome can shoot down 50%, that means 50,000 missiles at the minimum are going to land on Israel, and they're going to be more sophisticated missiles, and they're going to have a bigger payload. And I think the, 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 the adults in the room in Israel had to face up to that fact, and that's why they declared a ceasefire.
0: And and Israel's not only losing on the military front, but they're also losing the battle for global public opinion. And the Zionist forces in the West are starting to get desperate. And over in the UK, they're now arresting people for things like expressing support for Hamas or comparing uh, Israel to Nazi Germany. So they're actually arresting people for this. Uh, so that means if if I were to express my true feelings about Hamas on this show, I guess I'll be uh, in prison next time I go to London. So I'll let people just imagine what those feelings are. Uh, and 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 then, you know, if Israel's having public relations problems, so it has to be so ham-fisted in the way that it it turns its controlled Western governments against free speech. Uh, maybe that's because of Israel's behavior. In the next slide, let's just flash back to all those those protests uh, last year of. The uh, this peaceful march of return where Israeli soldiers uh, crippled uh, tens of thousands of largely Palestinian children and, and murdered hundreds. Uh, but of course, these are the most moral snipers in the world. So, uh, you know, like this guy, this record holder who kneecapped 42 children in one day, uh, he could have shot to kill, as Israeli snipers often do. But being a sweet, kind-hearted, liberal Israeli sniper, he simply crippled these 42 children for life instead, uh, proving once again that Israel has the most moral army in the world and explaining why it's doing so well in its battle for global public opinion.
1: Yes. Thank God for humanitarian snipers.
0: (laughs) Indeed. Yeah,
1: they have the the world record for that. They're the best kind of snipers, humanitarian snipers.
0: So so the, so the Western mighty Wurlitzer is having a problem uh, trying to sanitize this kind of thing. And I look at this New York Times front page headline. Uh, it makes you wonder if the Times is getting schizoid. I mean, they've typically been, you know, their, their headline or their, their motto was all the Jews think fit to print. Or no, I'm sorry, all the news think, all the news that's fit to print. Uh, but the, the Jewish liberals, many of whom are good, decent people, educated or miseducated in their usual conventional way, they're having a hard time dealing with the reality that Israel is a Gestapo state that's committing genocide under the terms of what genocide means under international law as Professor Francis Boyle has persuasively argued and so on this front page on the one hand, they're admitting that Israel is murdering all these children, and they're giving us the faces and the stories of these children, like uh, teenager Nadine Ahwad, who spoke English, taught herself to play piano, participated in Jewish-Arab coexistence programs, and then was deliberately murdered by Israel in its attack on civilians in Gaza. Uh, and so the Times is putting that up, is their main story, and then on both sides, they've got stories worrying about how Israel is is, is losing public support. So... so you know, they're they're tearing themselves apart trying to figure out how to deal with this.
1: Yes, I have the solution for uh, anti-Semitism. It's uh, stop acting like barbarians and then people will not be angry with you. How's that for a change? One thing that never never gets factored in whenever we're talking about the rise of anti-Semitism is Jewish behavior. We're, we're supposed to believe that Jewish behavior has nothing to do with the, the feelings of outrage that are spreading uh, throughout the world. This is a, a good piece of advice. Stop shooting uh, ch- Palestinians in the knee uh, and claiming that you're, they're, they're aggressors. Start acting like a civilized human being and people may stop uh, disliking you. How's that for a, a revolutionary idea?
0: That's true. If, if Israel hadn't murdered all of those children uh, that nobody at the New York Times would even think of having to put up their pictures and their stories like this. Uh, but anyway, I, I'll give a half a shout out to the New York Times for going where the Times hasn't gone before. And this is a really significant uh, event in that it really shows how the Jewish establishment in the West is finally starting to uh, to vomit as it looks at what's really going on over in occupied Palestine. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, however, the famous actor, I guess, I I don't know too much about him, but he uh, accused Israel of genocide and then he bent over and uh profusely apologized for saying Israel and genocide in the same breath, which of course is is deeply unfair to genocide perpetrators. No, actually he said it's 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 inaccurate, inflammatory, disrespectful. He he really got down and grumbled. He was like John Cleese in a fish called Wanda being dangled upside down out the window. I apologize, I sincerely apologize. Why do people apologize to the Zionists like this all the time, Mike?
1: Because they control Hollywood? Is that the reason? If you're an actor, your life is dependent on people who can tell you you'll never work in this town again if you do anything we don't like. Uh, that's pretty simple. That's yeah. not hard to explain.
0: Okay, you answered my question. <laughs> so, okay, let's move on to the from the from the Zionist-dominated media and Hollywood stuff to uh, a really good story about the horrific state of the controlled corporate media in the United States. A historical overview, indeed. That gets, I think, everything right except for the the part that you talk about, Mike, which is is the part played by uh, organized Jewish power in this story. And uh, it's it's interesting, isn't it, that Franchur can write this very long, detailed history of the takeover of the corporate media by propagandists, and and leave out the part that you specialize in.
1: Yes, and if you unless we're able to connect the dots. Uh, We're not going to get anywhere here. So you have all these false narratives. We just went through this in the Catholic uh, blogosphere where uh, 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 Bob Moynihan, the editor of uh, Inside the Vatican, starts talking about uh, Bob Kaiser, the the Vatican II correspondent for Time magazine, a crucial figure in history at this point. And uh, uh, mentions that, uh, well, he got uh, divorced, but I'm not going to go into that. Well, because if you went into that, you'd have to talk about Maliki Martin running off with his wife. And if you're talking about Maliki Martin, you're talking about a double agent that was hired by the American Jewish Committee and B'nai B'rith to subvert the uh, document on other religions at the Second Vatican Council. So this this type of self-suppression of the story continues. And journalists are all complicit in this thing, with very few exceptions.
0: Well, Fran Schur, I, I, I think, is probably not complicit in anything. She's a 9-11 truth specialist who who is a psychologist, and her series is Why Do Good People uh, Fall Silent or Worse on 9-11? And so this is the latest installment of a brilliant series by Fran Schur. Uh, and it's I think it's a good article as far as it goes. But there is a little more to this story, too and i don't think she's deliberately suppressing it she probably just needs to read a couple of books by e michael jones and well, speaking the, of <laughs> the ahead.
1: point the point is that this is so pervasive that you can simply internalize it without even understanding what you're doing that that's the really pernicious part of this thing it's just part of the general narrative and okay. that's got to change
0: and and hollywood of course is the place where the control is greatest and has been for quite some time uh, here's an interesting piece uh, by andrew joyce published at uns on uh, this film by Cecil B. DeMille, King of Kings. Uh, It was the kind of the forerunner to the passion of the Christ and apparently an attempt to present a Christian version of the gospel on screen was unacceptable to the organized uh, most powerful element anyway of the Jewish community. Uh, And so Cecil B. DeMille apparently backed down just like Mark Ruffalo and to a much lesser extent Mel Gibson who Okay, uh, you can you can get him to apologize, but he'll keep making the movies he wants to make. Apparently, he didn't completely cave. Uh, what what are your thoughts on this article,
1: Mike? I, I think he, he got uh, got the article fundamentally wrong. Now, I'm not talking about the Cecil B. DeMille part, but he kept talking about Hayes as the man who held Hollywood under control. Hayes failed. The Hayes committee committee failed completely. That was the Protestant version. America is three ethnic groups, Protestant, Catholic, and Jew. And in the 1920s, the Protestants and the Catholics were upset with what the Jews were doing in Hollywood. They were constantly subverting morals in the pre-code era. And the Protestants, who were the dominant group at that time in America, stepped up to the plate, and they failed. And it was that point that the Catholics stepped up, and the Catholics were the ones who organized the boycott in 1933. Cardinal Dougherty organized the boycott in Philadelphia, and it was the Catholics who forced the production code on uh, Hollywood that lasted for 31 years. This guy got that completely wrong. He doesn't understand what's going on. In spite of what he said about maybe should get you belt.
0: and Andrew Joyce on my radio show and you guys can duke it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd be happy to talk about this, but it's fundamentally wrong to say the Hayes the Hayes Committee did anything significant. They failed completely. The Hayes Commission failed completely. It was the Catholics who brought the Jews under under control in Hollywood.
0: Okay, so moving from Hollywood to another Israeli-occupied zone, the U.S. Congress, how about uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene getting blasted by GOP leader Kevin McCarthy for her appalling Holocaust comments? Listen to what McCarthy said. She, quote, Marjorie is wrong, and her intentional decision to compare the horrors of the Holocaust with wearing masks is appalling. Mask-wearing, whatever you think about it, is a historical reality. Whereas the so-called hol- Censorship alert, all hands on deck to prepare for incoming attempt at deplatforming me. What do you think, Mike?
1: Well, the mask is a mi- misdirection here. Uh if you want a real holocaust comparison, let's talk about the potential genocide that this COVID virus may unleash on the human race. That makes COVID uh, I I don't want to get in trouble here, but it makes the holocaust look like small potatoes uh, in comparison if we're going to talk about actual death, actual deaths here. That's the story that has to be investigated. Mask is misdirection. What's mask? Mask are insignificant. What we have to do is hold these people accountable, the Bill Gates, Anthony Fauci, Big Pharma, all of these people accountable and have to find out what their intention was and what they knew and how dangerous this thing is. That's real Holocaust style material.
0: Okay. Well, we're not supposed to mention the Holocaust except in approved ways. And it's considered anti-Semitic. And we're told that anti-Semitic hate crimes are now becoming much more common in the wake of the Gaza violence. That's the NPR story. Uh, and you have to wonder how many of these reported incidents, like a, a shattered window at a synagogue in Skokie, uh, four men yelling, die, Jew, and a guy in a skullcap in Ball Harbor, Florida, things like that, Uh, you have to wonder how many of these were actually false flags, just like back in February, (laughs) in February 28th, 2018, the Justice Department announced, quote, the Department of Justice uh, has announced the indictment of Michael Ron David Kadar. 19, who holds dual United States and Israeli citizenship in three jurisdictions for hate crimes and other offenses. Well, it turns out that the huge rash of hate crimes and threats and so on all over the United States at that time that made front page headlines was all a false flag run by this 19-year-old Jewish Israeli-American guy whose uncle is the nastiest anti-Arab racist in the Shin Bet Israeli secret police. So that was a false flag. And I wonder if this one is too.
1: The first suspect, whenever a swastika gets painted on a synagogue, is some Jew at that synagogue. This is this has happened over and over and over again. Whether it's Self-hating. university. Well, well whenever, uh, university campuses, wherever the first suspect is always someone perpetrating this myth of uh, 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 Nazi threat, which is non-existent, Okay. As I said at the beginning, the main cause, if you want to call it anti-Semitism, the main cause of anti-Semitism is Jewish behavior. And the main example of of, uh, horrendous Jewish behavior is Israel's uh, genocidal attack on Palestinians. That's the root of the problem. If you're really interested, then stop the behavior. But that's not what this is about. Watch the film Defamation. It's about an Israeli, uh, and it begins with his mother, his grandmother, saying, you can't trust Jews when they talk about this. And he goes on to prove exactly that by going to the ADL, where people are hired to generate this type of false flag information of there was a broken window in Skokie. Well, maybe, I don't know, maybe there was a hailstorm in Skokie. Why is this automatically some type of evidence for something you're trying to manufacture?
0: Remember the toppled tombstones at the Jewish cemetery turned out nobody had taken care of the cemetery for years and they were just toppling naturally.
1: Yes. So So, so we have a huge propaganda machine at the ADL that is constantly churning out facts like this. But again, let's get back to the heart of the matter. Stop acting in a certain way and people will stop uh, disliking you. Very well, simple. It, is,
0: it isn't just the uh, Jewish people. Uh, And, of course, the vast majority of Jewish people are are not directly guilty of acting in any bad way. So it is kind of unfair that uh, your Jewish neighbor would get blamed for what Israel is doing, especially if he doesn't have any use for Israel, as most of my Jewish friends throughout life have not. Um, But, you know, a a lot of people act badly. it's
1: It's up to them to come forward and denounce organizations like the ADL, which are putting all Jews at jeopardy because of their propaganda. Well, that
0: wouldn't be a bad idea. But hey, how about the Pope? Maybe he should be denouncing too instead of uh, kissing the ring, you know, kissing the Auschwitz tattoo. I mean, next he'll be bending over and kissing BBs behind if he hasn't already. So, you know, uh, at least I hope he's not kissing BBs behind ex-cathedra. Uh, Mike, what do what you make of this?
1: Did, did you do this deliberately to 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 embarrass me?
0: Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I always have to do an embarrassing yeah. anti Pope story uh, just to see see how you can defend him.
1: Well, you succeeded. You succeeded. Okay, <laughs> this is embarrassing.
0: Yeah, is that okay? That well, we I guess we could stop there. But yeah, this so so this woman uh, told us that she, as a child in uh, in Auschwitz, she had been experimented upon by Doctor Joseph Mengele, the Angel of Death. So she personally knew Doctor Mengele who apparently used to bounce her on his on his knee while he was conducting horrific experiments. So, I mean, maybe that's true. I don't know. If it's true, that's a that's a very sad, horrible thing. And I'm not going to defend Dr. Mengele, but I'm not going to really defend the Pope either. So let's move on to the less, next less embarrassing story. Oh, another embarrassing anti-Catholic story, actually. Here's the Archdiocese of New York segregating the vax from the unvax. So how do you separate the sheep from the goats? Well, you could ask for a vax card at the church door, or you could do it during confession, Father, Father, please forgive me, for I have sinned. I let this hot young nurse use her hypodermic needle to engage in intimate contact with my skin. Or how about Father, Father, I have committed terrible sin. I doubted the holy word of Dr. Fauci and the CDC, and I avoided the holy sacrament of the COVID vaccine. So I mean, what's this segregating vaccinated people, and unvaccinated people in the churches? Is that it, happening in your church? It, it,
1: it's difficult to get involved in this without uh, engaging in ridicule of something like the sacrament of confession which is not something that should be ridiculed, okay? Uh, Okay, I apologize.
0: I I have to do, I I try to offend everybody on False Flag Weekly News.
1: It's difficult because Catholics are in a difficult position at this point. So it's difficult. I mean, I went through this with Owen Benjamin recently, who uh, spent hours uh, ridiculing the Trinity, okay? No matter how bad the situation is at your local parish, you should not ridicule the Trinity, You know, that's the problem. And when you end up doing this type of thing, you play into the oligarchic plan, which is to destroy the Catholic Church. And the Catholic Church, unfortunately, has people who are complicit in this type of stuff. The biggest problem here is that the Catholic moral theologians accepted the oligarchic testimony that this was a vaccine. And then they built this elaborate uh, moral structure of moral reasoning based on a false premise. It is not a vaccine. This is a classic example of what I called ahistorical Thomism. You have to have an accurate premise because if you don't, you're going to have a faulty conclusion. That was the whole problem, the systemic problem at the heart of the church's response. And now we've got this mess of people basically implementing oligarchic uh, instructions uh, and destroying their own church in the process.
0: And Mike, I agree with you completely that we shouldn't be uh, complicit in trying and messing with the church. The, the churches are the last place really where people are worshiping God in this godless culture. And the replacement for the church is what's that gonna be? Well, how about the strip clubs that offer COVID vaccines? You know, the the churches were closed and shuttered because they were supposedly non-essential. But the strip clubs, and especially the ones that force their customers to bear some skin, too, so they can get stuck with needles, are doing a booming business. I understand that strippers are actually being trained to administer vaccines during lap dances. I mean, how seriously, how far will these people go to try to get people vaccinated? Dunkin' Donuts is giving out donuts? Strip clubs are giving out who knows what? I mean, this our culture. Let's face it, is is under severe decay. And I didn't mean to ridicule Catholicism. I'm 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 an equal opportunity ridiculer of this decadent and depraved culture.
1: Yes. Yeah, so well, I'm glad that lady's wearing a mask. She's not wearing much else, but she's wearing a mask. So yeah, if she takes
0: the mask off. Mm-hmm. We have to arrest her for uh, indecent exposure.
1: Yes, that's right. So yeah, there, this is a sign that the vaccination program is failing. If this were, if you were actually suffering from a disease, and if the government actually had some type of cure for that disease, they wouldn't have to pay you to get injected. So everybody, uh, there's a large segment of vaccination, as I heard, stalled at under 50% in Ohio. So at this point, they had to declare victory uh, a la Vietnam uh, and say, you don't have to wear masks anymore. And they had to abandon their campaign before it came obvious that what we're really talking about here is herd immunity, which has already kicked in, and anything that the vaccine is causing is uh, deleterious side effects It's only making the situation worse.
0: Indeed. Well, uh, these are signs of cultural decay and decadence, but hey, there's one guy who's standing up against it, and it's it's not me, it's not you. Well, I guess it is us, maybe. But how about Cornell West? I actually kind of like Cornell West. He he came to a 9/11 truth protest and let it be known that he's a semi-closet truther. So uh, I'll grant him that. Anyway, he says that the anti-classics campaign purging the evil dead white men from Howard University and other campuses is a terrible act. Um, a, uh, it, it treats Western civilization as irrelevant, harmful, worthy only of condemnation. This is a sign of spiritual decay, moral de- decline, and uh, deep intellectual narrowness. And I have to agree with him.
1: Yes, of course it is. So where, where were you before? Why is it now, just now that you're understanding this problem? Jesse Jackson did this in the 1990s. Remember, hey, hey, ho, ho! Western culture's got to go. That—that that was his chant. Why? Why are you coming so late to the party here, Cornell? I don't know. Did, did you? I, I think his ox got gored at Harvard, didn't it? Didn't? Yeah, it?
0: yeah. He, he's the Zionists are coming after him at Harvard. So maybe this is his way of pushing back, because of course the Zionists are not really that well known for uh, cherishing the classics of Western culture. Uh, and speaking of of decadence and depravity and the decline of western civilization, how about Jeffrey Epstein? He's a, a good sign of that and and the good news is that the guards who deliberately apparently uh just went and you know avoided keeping an eye on Epstein on the night that he supposedly hanged himself uh are now they've they've been quote unquote convicted. Well, yeah, the bad news though is that what are they their penalty is that they have to, continue to cooperate quote unquote with with the probe yeah right and uh, they'll never have to testify publicly about what happened that night uh and then they're they're going to have to do uh community service so they they covered up this murder of this guy or maybe now, wait a minute. now wait wait wait, yeah.
1: wait a minute kevin they just didn't want to everyone to see epstein committing suicide that I that, see. Yeah. That, that i think that's perfectly plausible isn't
0: it modesty yeah, yeah, there you go.
1: They <laughs> we're just sparing our sensibilities. That's an awful thing to do.
0: <laughs> there there you go. So so the cover of the Epstein cover-up continues. And even though polls show that two-thirds of Americans do not believe Epstein killed himself, and of course the other one-third are apparently suffering from a severe form of ovine spongiform encephalopathy. And if you don't know what that is, it's because you're watching the censored YouTube version of this show and you missed the first 15 minutes. So you might want to go back and watch the whole show on BitChute. All right. Next story. Uh, Big oil suffers a historic blow uh, on its fossil fuel mining and climate destruction. We're told Exxon and uh, other big oil companies are now being hammered by their own shareholders. We're basically forcing them to stop going after oil. And uh, Ford is telling them it's going fossil fuel free. So that's the end of fossil fuels. I'm not sure if that's going to be good news for the economy, though. What do you think, Mike?
1: Well, why did you create this problem in the first place? Why we, we are now uh, we are now at a point where the whole suburban build out, including malls and highways, is now a, an obsolete form of technology. It's an obsolete form of retail technology. Yep. When, when I moved to South Bend, Indiana 40 years ago, the mall had just been built and Sears was the anchor store. And that was the world as we knew it. Well, who would have thought that Sears would go belly up and that the mall would become obsolete? So why did you, why did you impose this on us in the first place? It was a bad idea. It was only because big oil and, and the big tech, the oligarchs at that time, well, General Motors and, uh, and, uh, standard oil. So, uh, it was a mistake. Are we going to learn from that mistake? I don't know. It doesn't look like that. Some some other institution is going to impose a new system of controls over the old system of controls so that we can have carbon credits or uh, Wall Street can profit from that mistake. And uh, it, it doesn't lead me to be optimistic.
0: Indeed. Uh, Well, I think, what's his name? Uh, uh, has written, not, not William Kuntzler, but James Kuntzler has written a great book on what you were talking about. This uh, deliberate destruction of streetcar lines and deliberate creating a suburban wasteland. So everybody would be forced to drive cars using lots of fossil fuel, which was good for big oil and for the auto industry. And uh, now they're looking back at that and shaking their heads as we all are. So how about the Trump prosecution? Is there a Trump prosecution? Well, there may be soon. Grand jury is weighing evidence against Trump. Uh, so, Mike, are they going to string him up?
1: Well, how many times have they tried and failed? Indeed. If if they couldn't, if the the impeachment didn't work. He's been under. Uh, I guess if they hadn't didn't succeed, then how are they going to succeed now? And this one, uh, the the premise of this one is that you can convince the entire uh, a jury that people assembling in Washington. Uh, thinking they have the right to assemble and the right to free speech was really a violent insurrection uh, that was to overthrow the government uh, because certain people, the guards were told to let these people into the to the uh, halls of Congress. Uh, this is not going to stand up in any court of law.
0: Okay, so so your prediction is Trump walks. And and how about UFO whistleblowers? Will they walk or will they be punished? Well, Luis Elizondo, who's a former head of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, uh, says that when he tried to blow the whistle and disclose certain facts, suddenly there was a big smear campaign mounted against him. So there may be some kind of backroom dealing going on between the pro-disclosure and anti-disclosure forces, or maybe they're all just making up some big propaganda thing, or maybe it's actually the djinn, the the evil spirits, not the UFOs. There are all sorts of possibilities that we often speculate about at the end of False Flag Weekly News.
1: Yes, this is a a campaign to distract us from more important issues. And it's also a function of a a world, a materialist universe where there are no angels. So everybody knows there's a vacuum. And so the angels come back as the return of the repressed as UFOs, because this proves that we're not alone in the universe. And the, the CIA, the Pentagon knows this. And so they're trying to generate this, get it off the front, get it back on the pages of the National Enquirer where it belongs.
0: Well, that's kind of what Jung said. Uh, well, it's not just the National Enquirer that publishes really wild and crazy UFO material. Veterans Today, where I work, actually occasionally does. Uh, and they say that the uh, there are aliens that that eat human flesh. Um, somehow I think that's a hopefully a National Enquirer-style uh, clickbait story. In any case, whether or not aliens are eating human brains, uh, there are humans eating chicken brains and living to be 111 years old. At least there's one. His name is is uh, Kruger, uh, what's, that, what's that guy's name? Somebody or other Kruger. Uh, and he says that eating a little chicken brain every day will keep you alive uh, to an advanced yeah. old age. And he says, yeah. there's delicious little things, there's only one little bite, which is what the aliens say about human brains according to veterans right. today. Uh, but I take it you're skeptical about both the longevity properties of chicken brains and the stories of aliens devouring human brains, Mike?
1: There was an article in the 70s about the people in the Caucasus, why they all lived to be 100 years old. And so when you went to ask them, the guy would say, it's very simple. Every morning I get up and I drink a glass of vodka and then I smoke a cigarette. And that's why I've lived to be 100 years old. So this, this is the type of uh, story. God bless you. I'm glad you lived to be 100 years old, but it's probably not what you think.
0: Well, if you want to be protected against evil carnivorous aliens who devour the brains of people, especially those suffering from ovine spongiform encephalopathy or uh, dumb sheep disease, otherwise known as sheeple syndrome, keep watching False Flag Weekly News every week. It's guaranteed to protect against that and many other ills. Wait a minute. That's a false medical claim. I retract that. So YouTube won't deplatform us. Well, thank you so much, E. Michael Jones. It's great to have you on the show. Appreciate your erudition and and uh, and quick wit as well a rare combination keep up the great work god bless thank you to our friends at and, spurs and thanks again mike can't wait to talk again
1: thank you kevin
0: okay take care